Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is It's a Music Thing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at It's a Music Thing mb at gmail.ca if you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed or heck maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed all right enough of my droning on and on let's get on with the show Thanks for once again tuning in to It's a Music Thing, the podcast. I'm your host, interviewer, person that, you know, babbles on and on and on sometimes, Dwayne Larson. And on today's guest, I am sitting down with three of the six members of Subsidy Dwellers. Uh, but before I get into that, um, one of the best things you can do to help us out is rate us, subscribe, tell your friends about us. It really helps out a lot. And especially word of mouth, word of mouth is the best way to spread the love about any kind of thing, really. Maybe not right now, maybe word of keyboard since we're on this uh, coronavirus lockdown, but definitely it is the time to get caught up on podcasts and music and art and stuff like that, especially since a lot of live music is really hurting right now. But it helps us out a lot. Tell your friends about us. Thank you. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how we're doing, how bad I am, just to shut up or even just to say hi, you can reach me at it's a music thing MB at Gmail or on any of the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter's it's a music thing. And yeah, on today's guest right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not really sure if the show is going on, but I have um, uh, Ian, Darwin and Daryl, three of the six members of Subsidy Dwellers. And they have two shows maybe coming up, again, with this whole self-imposed quarantine thing. Um, But they've got March 27th at the West End Cultural Center, and then again on the 28th at the the Albert. Uh, I saw that they had just released today, as of today, uh, March 16th. Um, Where is that thing now? There it is. Uh, Just released kind of talking about this whole thing uh, on their Instagram account, which will be linked. They are, they're going to make sure everyone feels safe and comfy attending their reunion gigs as they continue to plan, or maybe they will be postponed to a later date. So yeah, we're not entirely sure what's happening. Like a lot of things it's, it's tough to say, but hopefully this goes through the subsidy dwellers have been around for a really long time kind of took a bit of a hiatus and members went their different ways and did different things and did different music stuff. Uh, We get into that in the podcast and then we talk about kind of what was the catalyst about getting it all back together and they released some new music too. I'll put all the links up to the their YouTube page and all that kind of stuff. Two new stuff or two new songs 
that was uh, recorded, I believe, live off the floor, if I'm not incorrect. But we, yeah, we don't know if the show's happening for sure or not. As of right now, it's looking like it is, but that could change with any kind of um, announcements by the government kind of closing everything down right now. So I hope everybody enjoys the podcast. Uh, also, big thank you to my audio wizard, Mike Lipanowski, cleaning this up, doing his wizardry. And here's my interview with uh, Subsidy Dwellers. So I guess uh, first and foremost, uh, who am I sitting down with here today? My name's Darwin. My name's Johannes. Daryl. And together, collectively, you are, well, not... Half of Subsidy. Half of Subsidy. Half of Subsidy or Subsidy Dwellers. Uh, so for anyone that's not from Winnipeg listening to this podcast, uh, let's get a little back history on Subsidy Dwellers. When did you guys started in 2002? Was Subsidy was Correct. Yeah, 2002. Formed? Sounds right. 18 yeah. years ago. <laughs> that sounds crazy. It, yes. It, I, I don't like think I've, I'm at that age now where it's like, I saw that band 20 years ago. Oh, shit, I saw that band 20 years ago. Um, You're that so guy. I'm that guy. So how did Subsidy kind of come into starting? Uh, we were all kind of recruited by our former singer, and he had written a slew of songs, and uh, a lot of us didn't really know each other. We came from different different bands in the city. Uh, Darren and I played the very first show at the West End Cultural Centre, um, and it was like right before the show, we decided we we're going to, we we're going to play mm-hmm. or we, we decided it was for real. We were going to play. We were going to play four songs in about like 10 minutes. And that was the first show. And it was, it was awesome. Got the dance floor packed right away. It was a packed out show. So we were lucky to jump on that bill last minute. And then Daryl comes up to us after the show and doesn't ask us. He tells us that he's in the band. <laughs> I just, I just decided. I, I, I was like, man, this is, this is the band for me. Yeah. And I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, if you know what you want, you just I'm take in the it. band, whatever. And it kind of went from there because it's funny. Like these are like, we're these are our, our oldest friends. Like we've, we've known each other for at least 18 years. Mm-hmm. But right when we started, that was like, you know, you knew Allison, and we all knew uh, Dave, and. Uh, I knew Al, Al and Kevin from school, and actually Kevin wasn't even in the band yet for a little bit. No, Kevin wasn't in the band. Uh, so yeah, it's just but funny. Andy like he was. Andy was, yeah. yeah. No, no, you jumped on with Andy at that. Sh- at, at, oh, it was you yeah. and Andy came up to us after we our were first playing show. With the afterbeat at that show. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it was like kind of like a ska punk show. It might have even been one of those ska versus punk shows. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's funny that these are all our oldest friends. Yet this is kind of how we met was this band. 18 years ago. Yeah, and it's all come full circle. I guess so. I get because you're you're playing again, which yeah. we'll get to. Um, so did you you guys have all played in bands before Sub City. Did you all, and you didn't really know each other before that. Well, right? Ian or, and I went on a tour together. Okay. When I was in the Afterbeat and he was in the Bear Wars. Oh, okay. So that's that's kind of like how we first became buddies. Back in the ska heydays of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And Darwin showed up. At a show in Montreal, randomly on this tour, <laughs> at, we were playing the swimming with Bedouin Sound Clash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Darwin was just there, and we didn't really know. I didn't really know who you were, but he was just there doing like skateboard tricks out front. <laughs> also, like Matt Foster was there for a random reason too. So it was this really weird crossover because Daryl and I were on tour with again the Barrymores and the Afterbeat, and we hit up Montreal where Darwin happened to be and Matt Foster happened to be. And so, 
I think that's like three quarters of subsidy right there. <laughs> Six eighths yeah. of subsidy right there. That's yeah. Because Rob was in the Barrymore's too. You got Rob was yeah. in the Barrymore's. I don't know yeah. if he said that. But. No, not, we didn't. <laughs> We're gonna gloss over a lot here. <laughs> that's that's why it's been eighteen years. That is a okay. And so you guys start playing together. When did you start playing original stuff, kind of straight off the bat with uh, Subsidy, or was it kind of that? Because I mean, you're all in bands, so you all knew how to write and play. So it was like, yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, we had some originals and uh, and and covers. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple covers to start and like at the beginning there was a few lineup changes and then uh and then kind of at one point it just gelled and there was eight of us and it was the same eight of us for like eight years or something yeah 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 it was it was a crazy run to be be you know that tight-knit with such a big group for for that amount of time and this is like and we went hard in touring for at least i don't know five years there and it was almost exclusively Canada. Actually, it was pretty much exclusively Canada, mm-hmm. which is a beast to tour, yep. as, yeah. as touring bands know. And like, yeah, but we but we did it. It was it was kind of the years uh, the dawn of social media. Make, again, making us sound old too. But yeah. like, uh, and so tours were a lot different back then. Um, and this is before. This is when we were using paper maps and uh, <laughs> and no yeah. social media to promote. It was just posters. Yeah. I remember the first tour that we had a GPS device on. Yeah, Rob had his phone <laughs> with the GPS. It blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, no more Matt looking at maps improperly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys started touring right out of the gate. Um, a couple of years, like like Darwin said, and uh, like after after a couple of years, we kind of uh, we kicked out our singer pretty quickly, and. Uh, uh, brought in a trombone player, had two trombone players, took one trombone player out, and uh, Kevin McLean uh, came in on keyboards. We'll probably refer to him as K-Mac from here on in. <laughs> so you guys yeah. had, at, at one point, you said eight people in the band? Eight people for, mm-hmm. for, for yeah, for like eight or nine years. And, and what's that like? Because I know you guys had a kind of a bus yeah. type. Uh, we had kind of a handy transit bus. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what was that like touring with eight people? It was awesome. In a confined was awesome. space, you like you roll up anywhere and you bring the party and like that, that bus we had retrofitted perfectly to be, to be uh, you know party on wheels mm-hmm. and uh, it had an engineered lockbox for a gear in the back, had a bed for three, had a six speaker sound system, and get onto the roof and party up there and uh, yeah, yeah when you roll up with a band of eight people plus a merch guy. Um, yeah, you're already bringing the party yeah. and people knew that and that was kind of the reputation that preceded us when we came to to venues because like I said this is before social media really taken off so all we had was you know posters on the wall and a reputation and that somehow did it because our tour started to do pretty decent after a little while mm-hmm. there was MySpace right? <laughs> there was yeah. MySpace yeah <laughs> I think that, I think that was right. so in those early days what was what was the subsidies show like like what could you expect to, to see when you when you see the subsidy dwellers um, name on a poster, and you're like, what? What? What was the show? It was that gritty kind of four on the floor with the kick drum, kind of uh, ska punk, uh, really, really driving. Um, At the very start, wasn't like even before I joined the band, wasn't the idea that it was going to be ska in all in minor keys? 
Yeah, it was, it was minor key ska. That was yeah. that was the initial thing, and uh, yeah, and definitely formed a formed a bit of a vibe, a bit of a reputation right off the bat. And then uh, yeah, it took a few years for us to realize that we can really expand our repertoire and our material. We had at that point five different songwriters in the band, mm. and so yeah, the material went from being just this one pigeonholed sound to like a massive mixtape and oh no how are we gonna make this sound like cohesive like yeah. a cohesive album or a cohesive set but i mean live it was never it was never tough because people love switching it up live yeah and in in the in the life span of the band you guys released two full lengths correct yeah two full two lengths, full lengths. Uh, live record yeah uh a Seven song, seven song, six song EP. Yeah, EP and uh, and a seven, and a seven, inch, seven, right? and a seven yeah. inch. I did, uh, I did some digging on nice. these songs, and yeah, it's actually one thing that was on there. I think it was the EP. It's like I think someone has it listed for like thirty five dollars. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some for sale at the, at the show at the reunion gigs, and they uh, won't be thirty five dollars. I'm sure. Maybe <laughs> that. Maybe, 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 I don't know. We'll get you a deal. Blind demand. Blind demand. And actually, our folds for anybody listening for our, our whole discographies on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all those streaming services. Bandcamp. Uh, not on Bandcamp, Bandcamp, no, but it's on all the free streaming services. Um, we figure we put it out there and lead up to these shows just mm-hmm. to uh, refresh. Not everybody has a CD player even anymore. So. No, I, I've talked to so many bands, especially bands that are putting out like their first album now. And to me, it's interesting because I grew up. I'm also trying to get rid of a bunch of CDs because I. I don't have a CD player in here. My laptop doesn't have a disc drive. The only CD player I have is in the car. And I'm not carrying around a book of CDs again because I did that for enough years. I don't want to fucking do it it again. (laughs) Um, So it's just interesting to hear their perspective on if they're going to put out something physical or not, which is... Yeah, it's tough because like, to me, putting out something physical is like that that legitimizes it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it real. It's a piece of art, you know, and you're you're pressing it to vinyl. That's the that's the ultimate, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, you got to put it out somehow, and you just put it out digitally. You could just like get brushed over in the sands of time, and like yeah. you're just like gets lost in the those, the abyss of the fucking internet. There, mm-hmm. are we allowed to swear on this? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can, <laughs> shit, fuck, whatever. Uh, <laughs> nothing, whoa, nothing, man. Nothing, I'm, I'm getting crazy. I'm sorry. I know. Um, <laughs> Mom, change the time. But the CDs that I still have are the are local, right? Like, yeah, those like, are the ones I got rid sure. of the Columbia House stuff a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have like I have tons of local CDs. Yeah. I love that collection. Well, because you can't find not, them anymore. Yeah, right? I might not listen to them very often, but every once in a while, I'll like go into the garage and just spend a whole bunch of like early 2000s and Winnipeg music yeah yeah I mean touring we came up with a like a plethora of CDs from from bands that we play with on the road yeah and uh yeah this is a good keepsakes for sure yeah but uh yeah going back to your your thing about bands putting out di- just digital nowadays it's yeah that's the beast that we're dealing with now yeah that being said, we just digitally released two new songs. You did? That have never from, been... Uh, from the live... The, no, the from m- our last full-length record. Oh, the last full-length Yeah, oh, yeah okay. it's from Where's the Noise that we did with John Paul Peters at uh, Private Ear. And uh, that was... Uh, we did it all live off the floor. I was going to say, you guys did it live off the floor. And I mean, now, still continuing to play music and doing what you guys do, do you prefer the recording process of going into a studio, doing drums tracking all that stuff or playing live off the floor 
was that like it was definitely about trying to catch the vibe that we had playing together uh and so yeah that had to be like all together and it was a bit kind of like seeing can can we do this like let's flex our muscles and see if if we can pull this off all the bands that 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 we loved in that genre at least uh did live off the floor Mm -hmm. uh, historically and so so we wanted to kind of see if we can if we can recreate that and and do what what you know our idols did yeah 20 years ago because it takes off i mean the what you can do with pro tools nowadays yeah it's it's just unreal yeah and so but when you can put that stamp that it's live off the floor on the album mm-hmm. you can't mess with that and like uh yeah there it's kind of different for each band when you're asking like what what you prefer like we've all played a bunch of different bands and some bands tracking works works way better mm-hmm. uh you get better performances but a band that was very groove based like sub city yeah that was that was the way we wanted to do it sure. yeah and so, a handful of albums, a bunch of touring, eventually this came to an end. Subsidy kind of, and I, and I did a kind of, I tried to do a, a deep dive on like, on Twitter, on Facebook and stuff, and there was no hard line where it's like, we're breaking up, it's just kind of, you, did you just stop? We're getting dark here. We're getting We're, dark. <laughs> well, you're back together now. It's not no, like, you that, know. We, like, the the live record is actually our last show. Oh, okay. We purposely did that. We we announced that we were going to... Matt and uh, Ellie quit the band in 2010, 2011. And we continued on as a six-piece after that for a while. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, we all were kind of, like, playing in other projects and... And been doing it for a long time. Decided that uh, we we're gonna bring it to a close, but we we did it very purposefully. Um, we we had two uh, last shows, right? Mm-hmm. We announced right before our, our third last show. We were playing the times changed, and we announced right before that, and then we did the run of the two last shows. Yeah, it was it, like Daryl said, is very purposeful. We we. And there is no big reason for it other than just like you play in a band with people for ten years and people's lives go in different ways, mm-hmm. you know. And so we all we decided we're gonna break up very amicably. I still remember that jam, uh, and uh, and there was no hard feelings about it. And here we we've been we've all been friends ever ever since. Yeah. It's way better than trying to slug through it and go for another couple of years and maybe it wouldn't be the same case. Mm-hmm. Do you, you said you remember that jam? Was did one person kind of broach that subject, and then everyone else kind of chimed in, or was there kind of a general consensus throughout the whole band where it's like this thing has kind of ran its course already? Uh, there's still and there's still gas in the tank, but yeah, it was kind of getting to the time like Daryl said we we were all playing different projects, so people's energy was going elsewhere, and then you know people were yeah, people started careers and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like I said, ten years is a, is a long time. People, yeah. people change and priorities change. And boy, I'll tell you, even eight years later, it's it's even more so. the The easiest thing wrapping this back up and doing these reunion gigs has been the playing. The music's come back. It's mm-hmm. great. The hardest thing is the scheduling. It's it's a freaking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to get eight people who have completely different lives now who've completely changed. Uh, their priorities or just like reprioritize their life and yeah get it all back in the same room is just wild yeah and so after seven eight years of kind of not playing together what 
prompted this idea to, to get back together and play a couple, like, a few reunion shows? Well, I think a couple years ago, uh, Ian and I kind of had a, a conversation that we were both kind of, like, interested in trying to get something together. And I know, like, you had talked personally with Darwin and Matt, and I, I remember I had a conversation on the rooftop of 4th when Foster <laughs> oh, yeah. was bartending. It was, like, in, uh, in like, one October, and I was like, man, we should really... Darwin so I was talking to Darwin and like we should we should really do this again and uh, we kind of knew that Kev would be on board because Kev is like Kev's doing Kev, the hardest thing with getting Kev is that he's such a professional musician now mm. that he's hard to nail down because he's jet setting around the world so. <laughs> um, yeah and there's there always there always kind of seemed to be a consensus that it was going to happen we're all still friends everybody uh, still played to some extent, and uh, it was just a matter of, you know, when, and it goes back to the scheduling thing, it was just a matter of when, I know, uh, you know, for years, Darn was, was traveling around a lot, and so uh, eventually, uh, I think I kind of put the ball in his court, where it's like, okay, well, you know, I think it sounds like everybody's down, so whenever it works for you, and there was no timetable, it's like, this could happen in 2025, or it could have happened two years ago, it does yeah. uh Whatever works, works, you know? And so <clears throat> it came up working yeah, very, very quickly. Well, well we, we got together in August this year, and we like, let's see if we can just get together in the same room and all see each other, mm -hmm. see if we can make that happen. Yeah. And then from there we're like, okay, let's try to get together in like a month and just see if we can play some tunes and try to play like four songs. Yeah. And we showed up at that rehearsal, and we had all practiced those four songs, now, some of us just practice ten songs. <laughs> some of us came in. Oh, we're doing more than those four. But <laughs> but we just kept calling out songs yeah. that we hadn't played in almost a decade, yeah. and most of them we hadn't even talked about playing. And we just like oh boom boom. We just, just went around out, the yeah. room like we used to. It's crazy how it comes out back. Tune after tune after tune, and which is a dangerous game to play with a band like us. Like I think throughout our career, we probably had close to I don't know. 80 songs. We had a lot mm -hmm. of songs over the years. We dropped a bunch over the years, and you know, we played those three set nights, uh, sometimes four nights in a row on tour. Night and night, 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 night. And you don't want to play the same songs every night, too. So, like, yeah. so we're, we're rotating between, you know, 40 songs on just one tour. Mm -hmm. Whereas bands go on tour usually, unless they're a band that plays a two and a half hour live show because they're, they're packing arenas. They're going on on stage with you know twenty songs maybe at most. Yeah. And yeah, so going back to the, these jams, it's a dangerous game to start calling out songs. Yeah. But uh, it all seemed to come back pretty quickly. At those jams, what was it like? Kind of knocking. Was, was it like knocking rust off, or was it? It was surreal. Came, it was very yeah. surreal. It was like some of, yeah, some like some songs I remember personally like. It's like oh I have no idea and then. Pfft, Fingers just do it. I don't even know what's coming coming next. I was like, wow, like yeah. the muscle memory is still. You gotta there. trust the muscle memory uh, for yeah. sure. And the instincts. And just... then yeah, and then there's some of them where I'm like thinking about it. It's like I have no idea. And then <laughs> what? And the then, hell you, did then you, do you listen do to the record and you're like, I played that. <laughs> and you had said that you had like kind of a a whole repertoire of eighty songs when you were touring that you could have pulled from or that you played. How are these two nights, the March twenty seventh at the West End? And the twenty eighth at the Albert. Are you guys going to switch up sets for those as well? Yeah, I think they've got to suit suit the the different rooms, and 
you know, we picked back up uh, about 25 songs and we're going to switch it up, make sure people who are coming to both shows don't get the exact same show both mm-hmm. nights and maybe choose some songs that would be more apt for the Alberts, which we were actually just at last night. That was my, that was my first time in the Albert for, I don't know. Seven, eight oh, years. Time. That was the first time I'd been there since they first closed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd so. been in there once when Matt had taken over the booking, and I just went in there for a beer. And I'm like, all right, this is still kind of, it's, it's still the Albert. A little, still the same room. The bathrooms are a little cleaner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was, I played there in July with uh, Marshall and some buddies mm-hmm. as our last show, and that was at the Albert. And, uh, it was then. It was still a little grittier than it is now, and they still oh, okay. had then. They still had the pole with the stickers on yeah. it and stuff. And yeah, they took that I was, off. I was pretty disappointed yeah. to see that was gone when we were I, there I, yesterday. I saw that Adrian had uh, on his Instagram or something on his social media. He had put one because he's a fucking giant, and he like put a sticker up on the pole. And I was like, <laughs> I really hope people start doing that again. Well, he must have taken it off. I don't see oh, really? A sticker up there. Uh, I was telling these guys they should slap the sticker right on the middle in the middle of our set right yeah. there. Yeah, that's get it started. Yeah. I mean, if they want to be the Albert, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other weird thing is that the mirror you can actually see something in it. Yeah, <laughs> like the whole wall of the oh, mirror. Yeah, turns yeah, that's out. Right. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. So this is the for people listening. This is the Royal Albert Arms is like the just an institution or used to be an institu- institution in Winnipeg you know bands like Scream or Green Day played there yeah. way back in the day and it, like it, it's RCBGB's it's it RCBGB's very yeah. much so and that's where Subsidy cut our teeth uh, for many years uh, played played gigs there and then the other venue we're doing is the Western Cultural Center which was you know uh, home to us that's where we did our release for every one of the five releases that we were talking about mm-hmm. we did a release party there uh and, and a million and, Clash tributes <laughs> yeah. and Scalloweens. And, so, and, and we were actually the first band, the first loud band to play the new West End once it was reopened. Oh, nice. Yeah, the first loud band. That was, the, that was the opening night. Yeah. Wasn't there? I thought there was like a something else. Some kind of folk. Some folk, kind of folk okay. thing. And that was Jason Hooper. That was his first night at the West End. Oh, was our okay. show there. Nice. Right on. So when you guys, you know, you start jamming, you realize that these shows are going to happen. Did you know right away the two venues, what they were going to be? Just a matter of... Yeah, we kind of chatted back in August about how we wanted to do this, if we are going to do it, if we were to do it, how we'd want to do it, make sure we were all on the same page there. And that then it came up with the two venues, and those are the venues we wanted to do. We talked about newer venues. I mean, the Goodwill Social Club is a great venue. There's, mm-hmm. uh, there's great venues in our city, but those are the ones that, you know, we wanted to go back to. And those are the ones that I think... if. Uh, our fans if they're going to see a sub-city show they'd want to go see it at those venues those yeah. are the ones that they remember going to and then yeah and then when we had those two rehearsals before we announced the shows it was purely just to make sure okay can we do this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah then we decided to go along with it can we tolerate each other <laughs> <laughs> for an hour and a half <laughs> So the two shows on March 27th and 28th, 27th at the West End, 28th at the Albert. What are you guys the most, what are you looking forward to the most, either from both nights or each night? Do you have like any expectations other than a good time? We expect the places to be packed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We expect the bands to sound good. Just to be on stage with with these guys again, I don't know, I've... 
I, we've all played a lot of music since Subsidy broke up, but mm-hmm. I've never been in a band quite like it. I've never been in a band with people who I considered my like closest friends. And, uh, you know, that's what Subsidy was. And it's just amazing to be able to recapture a bit of, a bit of that. Yeah, and like that, uh, to rekindle that chemistry on stage. I mean, we have chemistry when we jam in the, in the jam space. But uh, getting on stage, that kind of chemistry gets amplified well literally amplified but it's uh uh and then you start feeding off the crowd and that's a that's a lot what the crowd liked about us was our onstage chemistry Mm -hmm. and they fed off of that so i think i'm really looking forward to kind of seeing that reflection in the crowd and getting them amped up getting them jazzed up and and starting to feed off of their energy and that was kind of how subsidy shows went you know we had six to eight people on stage just giving her and whether it's a reggae song there's still like deep into the groove and yeah. the, and then and the crowd reacted to that and then we reacted to the crowd and it was that kind of that exchange of energy that always made subsidy shows uh, and that's that'll be that'll be really exciting mm. to see again. I felt like we knew like we could be in like a packed West End and I feel like we knew like half the crowd like yeah. personally as like good friends of ours and that's what every show felt like. It felt like a big party with all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a lot of a lot of friends through this band for sure. And so these these shows on twenty seventh and twenty eighth are I don't want to say the last shows because obviously who knows what the future is going to hold. Um, but after these two shows, do you think it's going to be hard to walk away from this again? No, that's the plan. This is this is just a one off plan. Mm-hmm. We we did have uh, the show offers started to come in as <laughs> when we announced this, uh, but this is this is a one-time deal or a two-time deal. This is the one weekend, you know, um, and we kind of want to emphasize that to the fans that so that they make sure they get out. They get out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where can people find out stuff about Subsidy? The internet. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. Uh, have you heard of this? Twitter, Google. Facebook, Instagram. Google. Yeah, um, we've been keeping up our socials lately, ramping up for this, because that's something that we never really had access to back in the day very much. Um, and then, like I said, all of our music, our full discography is on uh, all the big streaming services. Uh, so you can find that, and then, I don't know, beyond that, that's a, all you need to know now, is it? Sorry. There's no oral history on... Uh, <laughs> that would be great to do a, a deep dive... Like a really like get everybody in the room and do a deep deep dive on Subsidy, which is probably beyond what I can do because I wasn't around for any, a lot of your your run because I moved here. That sounds like a Kent Davies project. Kent yeah. Davies from the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of, exactly. another like really good friend we met and kept as very close. Uh, uh, we met him through Subsidy, or at least a lot of us did, and he runs the uh, uh, part of the oral history department. At the U of W's? Yep. And so he's, uh, he's always... So he knows how to do that stuff. Yeah, he, he did, does. like, the yeah. oral hi- history of uh, Harvest Moon Festival oh, okay. and the society out there. And, like, he, he loves that kind of stuff. And so they've, that sounds like a Kent Davis project. They've actually converted an old food truck into a recording space. And what they do is they go around to all these small towns and they get them to cook them a meal. So they go to all these different, like ethnic places yeah and like they were at the ukrainian fest and so they go there and then they they get someone in to cook a meal and then they sit and eat and uh talk about the meal and they talk about like the culture that's amazing that's pretty cool that's really cool 
Well, I want to thank you guys for sitting down and talking to me today. I'm very excited to get to hopefully both shows because both shows will be completely different, I'm sure. And yeah, thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, bud. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with the Subcity Dwellers. Again, big thank you for those guys taking the time to sit down and talk to me. Uh, it was really interesting, kind of, because I didn't, I wasn't quite around for the Subcity days, really. I think I had just moved here, and they had either just had their um, the last shows or whatever. I can't, I can't quite remember, but it was. Yeah, it. I, I really regret not being able to see them live. I hope I get a chance on March 27th at the Pyramid, 28th at the Albert. If the shows are going on, make sure you subscribe to the, or you check out the It's Music thing, uh, Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, anything that's kind of coming in, any shows that are getting postponed or just not happening. Um, I try to re repost them just so people can see and just know what's going on. But as of right now, I think if I remember correctly, the Burt, the MTS, the park theater is closed indefinitely. I just saw they rescheduled the pair show in April, which really sucks. The McKenzie show is postponed. Um, hopefully a lot of these will be able to be made up because that would, I mean, there was such a good lineup of music coming this spring and spring is always kind of the high touring season. So it's, I really feel for all the musicians, all the techs, all just everybody involved because it's, we're, we're definitely taking a big, big hit right now. So everyone, you know, practice your social distancing, wash your fucking hands. God damn it. It doesn't take that much to do. Quit hoarding toilet paper. It's got nothing to do with toilet. Just don't be sheeple. It's really, really annoying. Okay. I'm not going to get ranting on that, but anyway, um, but now is the time to support local artists. If you can buy merch, buy music, just, I mean, I know it's going to be tough for everybody. So whatever little thing you can do, it's always greatly, greatly appreciated. So we are going to play some songs by Subcity. The first song is called Sunlight. The next song is called Tension. And we're going to round it all out with Wanted. Again, big thank you to Mike Lipinowski for his audio wizardry on on the podcast and helping me with everything and we might uh, be cooking a little something spicy up for you okay enjoy everybody don't somebody hear the weather say Oh, I'm so loud to raise this wall 
generation And I'll get up on something now Generation die And then I see my side of working out And bring out this bitch is enough to make me go insane While the people, all the prophets, all the common said But I said, what the fuck? Hey, We're breaking down these walls
Yemina. Yeah, 